May 23rd, 2023. We're in Masechet Let's return to the Mishnah for just a few moments and then go into the Gemara. The Mishnah says, Bet-Shamay Omrim, Mevi'in Shelamim Ve'en Somchin Alehem, Avalo Olot. The statement of Bet-Shamay is that when it comes to the holidays, when it comes to the Shalosh Regalim, by extension, any other holiday, which is Yom Tov, the halacha is that you're allowed to bring a korban shelamim. As I mentioned, the Gemara will quickly explain to us, we're referring only to the shalmeh hova, which means to say only one of the two korban shelamim. A korban shelamim is a sacrifice which is both slaughtered and sacrificed on the uh, Mizbeach, a little is given to the Kohanim, and the owners, those who brought it, are eating from it as well. On holidays, there are two obligatory Korban Shelamim. There's Korban Shelmeh Hagiga and Shelmeh Simcha. We'll talk a little bit about them in the Gemara, but that's what we're referring to. So both according to Bet Shammai and Bet Ilel, whom we'll read about in a moment, we're referring specifically to Korban Shelamim of Chova, it appears from the initial lines of our Gemara. Um, what's the halakha according to Beit Shammai? You can bring them but you can't lean on them. Part of the sacrificial rite is that you have simicha. You put all of your energy, all of your might onto the animal. Say viduya, verbal profession as you do so. Uh, but that's what's forbidden on Yom Tov. We read from Rashi yesterday, who bases himself in Mishnah later on in our Perek on Midvav. He's explaining one of the opinions in the Gemara that the issue of simicha is hishtameshut You're not allowed to use animals and by leaning all of your energy and might onto it, that would be using the animal. So as a result, Betcha might permit bringing the sacrifice, which is obligatory on the holiday, provided it's a shilamim, which you'll partake in, but you're not allowed to do simichat. So no simichat at all. Yes. Pasuk in the Torah, vayikra. Every korban needs simichat. Every korban requires simichat. Let, let's deal with things as they come, yeah? This is the Be'alim. And so as a result, the halakha is that you're not allowed to do simicha according to Beit Shammai. You do it before the holiday. Aval lo olot. But you can't, according to Beit Shammai, bring any korban ola. It happens to be there's an obligatory korban ola when it comes to the holidays. It's olat re'iyah. Allah, however, a person doesn't partake in with regards to their own eating. It goes fully onto the Mizbeach and it gets sacrificed entirely to God. The statement of Beit Shammai is a korban Allah, whether it's uh, on your, of your own volition, what we call neder or nidava, or if it's hova, the olat re'iyah, you can't bring it on Yom Tov. But wait a second, the Torah commanded us to bring an olat re'iyah. You can't bring it on the holiday. You can't fulfill the mitzvah from the Torah. That's self defeating, uh, Bet Shammai explained for us elsewhere in the Gemara that when it comes to Sukkot, you bring it on Chola Mo'ed. When it comes to Pesach, you bring it on Chola Mo'ed as well. When it comes to Shavuot, you bring it during the six days that follow Shavuot, which are the days of Tashlumin. But a Korban Ola may not be sacrificed on the holiday, according to Bet Shammai. And I mean, we kind of understand the rationale of Bet Shammai. Even though we permit matters on holidays as opposed to on Shabbat, it's specifically if it's for your own ochil nefesh, if it's for your own enjoyment, your own pleasure of the holiday. When it comes to Korban Ola, well, what part of it are you physically enjoying? Obviously, none of it. Bet Shammai prohibit. Bet Shammai permit. Both shilam 
Samim and Olot, and again, in the initial stages of the Gemara, Ula will specify for us, we're only talking about Shalamim and Olot, which are obligatory, Shalmei Hagiga, Shalmei Simcha, Olat Re'iyah, but continue Beit Shammai and Vesomchina Alehen. Not only do we disagree with Beit Shammai about Ola, we disagree with them about Shalamim as well. Shalamim are brought and Simicha is done on them. Says the Gemara, Mar Ula. specifies, he explains the Mahloket, he clarifies, he says the Mahloket is specifically about Shalme Hagiga Lismoch. When he says Shalme Hagiga, I mean Shalme Hagiga and Shalme Simcha. What he means is specifically Ula, as we mentioned in the Mishnah, obligatory Korban Shilamim. That's where there's a mahlok between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel only about Simicha. That even Beit Shammai agree you can bring the Shilamim if it's a Korban Chova, if it's obligatory. And Beit Hillel as well. Even the bringing according to Beit Hillel would be permitted specifically and only when the Shilamim is obligatory. The Torah commanded you to bring it on this day. Again, Amar Ula Mahlok B'Shalmei Hagigah Ve'olot Re'iyah, well, that's the words we've talked about, that's the obligatory Korban Ola, Re'iyah, Re'iyat Pene Hashem, you go to the Mikdash on the holidays in order to, quote, be seen and see God, so to speak, and as a result, we refer to the Korban Ola as an Olat Re'iyah, Likarev, that's the mahlok between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. The Beit Shammai savrev hagotemoto hagladunai hagigain olat lo. Beit Shammai on the one hand point to the pasuk and the pasuk says vehagotemoto. The pasuk talks about a hag. Hag is a reference to a korban hagiga. This is a common mistake which I've mentioned more than one. Hagiga is what defines a holiday to be known as a hag. Hag is not just a festival. Hag is a holiday on which you bring a korban hagiga. And as a result, when people turn to me on Purim and say, Rabbi, Hag Sameach, I smile and I say, Happy Holiday. It's not a hag. When people say to me on Rosh Hashanah, Rabbi, Happy Holiday, I smile and I say, School Shanim Rabot, or Happy Holiday. I don't say Hag Sameach back to them. The Hag Sameach is a problematic expression. It's not per se, and nobody's going to uh, lose years off their life for saying Hag Sameach. I just have a certain sensitivity. It stems from these Pesukim in the Torah, from this Gemara. The Derasha of Beit Shammai is, Ve'hagotem oto hag ladonai. The Pasuk unnecessarily refers to it as, not just Ve'hagotem a korban hagiga. It says, Hag ladonai. The Pasuk is telling you, the only permitted sacrifices are korban hagiga. You see from that, Olat re'iyah, lo. You can't bring in Olat re'iyah. And it makes a lot of sense. Beit Shammai would explain to you, beyond just this derasha, a korban hagiga brings an eating from the owner. A korban ola doesn't. So on one of them, you're physically enjoying it on the holiday, and the other one, uh, korban ola, you're not. 
but they have a derasha from the pasuk. Now again, if it's in shalmeh nidava or neder, we'll refer to those in a few moments. It's prohibited even according to Beit Shammai. If you're just bringing this out of the goodness of your own heart, you can't bring that on the holiday even according to Beit Hillel. But wait a second, how do Beit Hillel defend for our purposes the korban olat re'iyah? Again, the olat re'iyah, which Beit Shammai said is prohibited on the holiday. Beit Hillel permitted bringing, or Beit Hillel savre, kol del Adonai. Uh, so the derasha of Beit Hillel is, but wait a second, Pasuk says, hag Ladonai. The Pasuk says the Hag is for Akadosh Baruch Hu, anything and even something which is entirely and expressly for Akadosh Baruch Hu, that's permitted, that you're supposed to bring on the holiday. However, Aval, this is the critical part of Ula, Nidarimu Nidavot, Divreha Kol, En Kerevin Biyom Tob. If you have what's called a Neder or a Nidava, we'll explain the difference in just a second. Um, but, but broadly speaking, means it's brought out of your own donation, your own determination. It's not a mitzvah from the Torah, there's no oblig, oblig, obligation to bring a Neder or a Nidava. Even Betilel agree, even though you're going to be eating from it, because it's a Korban Shelamim. It's, uh, it's uh, prohibited to bring on the holiday. There's melachot which are inappropriate and asur to do. What's the difference briefly between a neder and a nidava? We know this from elsewhere in the Gemara. It goes by what your words are with regards to sanctifying and obligating yourself in bringing this animal. And in turn, there's a difference in halacha. It's a very, a very subtle difference. A neder is when a person says, hare alai. The person accepts upon himself to bring doesn't specify an animal, he says, I have upon myself to bring. And as a result, even if he specified afterwards, okay, I'll bring this animal, and the animal gets lost, or there's a blemish in the animal, or something like that, he made a general acceptance upon himself, hare alai, it is upon me, he has to find another animal. If there's another problem with that animal, he has to find another animal. That's called hayav ba'achrayut, he's obligated in the responsibility, he's fully responsible to bring the animal. That's in contrast to a little bit lower level, a nidava, nidava is hare this animal will be a sacrifice from my own goodness of heart, my thankfulness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In such a circumstance, something happens to this animal, there's a blemish, it gets lost, it gets stolen, whatever the circumstances, chalas, patur, you no longer have to bring it. That's the difference between the two, but again, broadly speaking, for our purposes, we can learn Masechet Zivachim next, but um, for our purposes, neder and nedava refers to the Optional zone, the non-obligatory zone. That's Ula's derashot. That's Ula's interpretation. When does a person who's sacrificing other people know whether it's his korban is a is a ola iya or? Which people does he need to let know? I don't know. You're telling me that he can do some, he can't do some. Well, he pretty and much he himself is going to designate what the korban is. It's not, nobody knows that. Oh, that's automatically a iya. I guess there's a certain honor system in general in the mikdash. I mean, what do you want me to tell you? Well, he because shows you know because the animal can be used for other things, let's say, but I can't use it for a korban if it's a but the only thing I can that's right. I mean, that's right. Hey, has, we have some both the kohanim and the owners need to be responsible with regards to what they're doing. I mean, what are we going to do? He shows up and he says, "This is my shalmeh hagiga, but it's a sketch. It's not no, real." Not that it's a sketch. I'm saying, is there is there any like way of designating and making clear? Yeah. Not that I know of. All right, so that's a, yeah. Yeah. So if you can't, if you, we don't allow them to bring it, how are they going to Get there a little bit early. Bring it on Cholamoyet. So that's what the Gemara says, Avan nedarim, nedavot, divrei hakol, en kerevim biyom tov. V'chen, 
and the Gemara continues, or Ula continues, V'chein amar avada bar ahava nedarim unedavot, in Kerevim Biyom Tov, the statement likewise of Ravada Bar Ahava is that even according to Beit Hilel, even according to the Halakha, when it comes to Shilamim, even a Shilamim, the sacrifice which you can partake in, in Kerevim Biyom Tov, if it's Neder or Nedava, if it's optional and not the obligatory Shalmei Hagiga, Shalmei Simcha. Says the Gemara Metive, we have a question from a Beraita which seems to imply otherwise. Well, how so? Says the Beraita, Mar Bishimon ben Elazar. Bishimon ben Elazar reflecting and in turn explaining the Mahlok at Bet Shamayim Bet based on his tradition. You'll see, it's a little different than what Ula's interpretation to Mishnah is. Lo nechleku Bet Shamayim Bet Hillel al Ula she'ena shel Yom Tov, she'ena kireva b'yom Tov. Everybody, both Bet Shamayim, even Bet Hillel agree, if it's a Korban Ula, let's remember what an Ula is, there's no benefit physically by the uh, owner. Uh, if it's not obligatory, what's the one obligatory personal sacrifice? Olat re'iyah on the holiday. If it's any other, ned or nidava, even Beit Hillel agree, you may not bring that on the holiday. So far, so good. Nobody has disputed that yet. Ve'al shelamin, shehen shel yom tov, shekerevim biyom tov. That as well, mm, that's interesting. It says shelamin, shehen shel yom tov, shekerevim biyom tov. It means a shalmei hagiga, shalmei simcha can also be brought on yom tov both according to Bet Hillel and even according to Bet Shammai. We know that. We know Bet Shammai just tells us not to do Simicha, but we knew this as well. Al So what did they disagree with? Al Ola Shihid Shel Yom Tob. So far, still so good. What do they disagree with? Well, we know they disagree with regards to the case of Olat Re'iyah. Bet Hillel permits it and Bet Shammai prohibits it. Here's the key words. Ve'al Shelamim She'enan Shel Yom Tob. My goodness, shilamim, which are not shel yom tov, we call that nidarim and nidavot. We call that optional, your own volition sacrifices. Wait, wait a second, she bet shamay omrim lo yaviu, bet ilel omrim yavi. Period. We have a question then. Ula, who's an emora, he's a rabbi from the time of the Gemara. He can't be disagreeing with. We think he can't be disagreeing with a Beraita, which is explaining our Mishnah. What does this Beraita say, black on white, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, that according to Bet Hillel, an optional korban shelamim, we call it a neder or a nedava, something that you or I say, listen, business has been good, HaKadosh Baruch Hu saved me from a difficult situation. I, out of the volition of my own heart, the love and passion to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I take this animal and I say, Harezo shelamim. And now I come to the Mikdash on the holiday, on Sukkot, Yom Tob, on Shavuot, on Pesach, and I say to the Kohen, Jared, because I'm a very honest person, I say, Mr. Kohen, Rabbi Kohen, can I bring this sacrifice? I say, okay, tell us about the sacrifice. Is this your Shalmei Hagiga or your Shalmei Simcha? I said, no, neither one. I've had a good business here. He says, I'm sorry, sir. That's what Ula told us. Please uh, turn around and return on Cholam uh, And while you're at it, don't use that animal on your way out. Just walk it out very carefully and tenderly. Don't pick it up or anything like that. That would be the response, says Ula. According to this, Biraitar, Bishimon ben Al-Azhar is telling us that if the Kohanim are, and we imagine they are, going according to the Halakhav, Betileil, they'd say, okay, bring it on in. It doesn't matter what type of Shalamim it is. As long as it's not an Olat Nidava, Olat Neder, if it's long as it's not one of those, all right, you're going to benefit from it. It's true, it's not obligatory, but according to this Beraita, it's permitted, says the
the Gemara, we'll answer that. How are you going to answer it? We don't like to do this in the Gemara. And you'll see the expression in the Gemara after we do this is, did you really have to do that? But there's a stereotype. This is what the Gemara does all the time. That's why I'm apologizing before we say it. The Gemara is going to change the whole version of what we just read. It's going to say, that Beraita, it's the wrong version. Now, why would the Gemara be doing this? Only in order to defend Ula. Right, so what was compelling evidence to do so? Effectively, that's going to be the question, the Gemara. Did you really have to do that? Couldn't you find another opinion whom you could follow, Ula? But that's what will happen. It doesn't happen as often as you might believe. But the Gemara over here says, Taritz Fix it, Taritz, answer ve'ema and say, Hache. Explain, realign, adjust the words of Rabbi Shimon ben El-Azhar that we just read to read the following. Everything's going to stay the same, except for the most critical detail, of course. I'm Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. So here's Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. Take two. Lo nechleku bet shamay bet hilel al ola u-shilamim she'enan shel yom tov. There are the key words. Shilamim got added in. That if it's a shalme nidava or a neder of shilamim, that even betilel is going to say it's prohibited. Chain kerevim biyom tov. Those words obviously were not there the first time. First time it just said ola she'enan shel yom tov. Ve'al shilamim she'en shel yom tov she'kerevim biyom tov. Al menech leku. And this time we take out shilamim she'enan shel yom tov. Ashenat shachava al ola she'hi shel yom tov. This time they're only disagreeing about Yom Tov. Now everything got fixed, but at what expense? You had an original Beraita which was cited, it was difficult for Ula, and it appeared as if Ula just said, I'll cross out those words and add them up over there. Okay, so that's what happened. It doesn't look so great for Ula. In other words, I walk into the class and I make a bold statement, he said to me, but Rabbi, the Gemara says explicitly different. I sit down and I read for a few minutes and I have one of two options. Either I could explain the Gemara differently, I say I'm wrong, or I say, you know something, that version of the Gemara is wrong. Now, unless you're gonna bring me evidence, uh, you know, really? Now, Ula is an important person. He's one of the very important Emoraim. He seemed to have had a tradition, a Masoret, on this to the extent that he was willing to do so. He said, I know this is what I received from my rabbis in terms of the interpretation of Bet Shamayim Bet Hilel, so that even Rabbi Shimon ben Al-Azhar won't go against me. But the expression right now of Rav Yosef will be, Rav Yosef will say, listen, Ula, fantastic. You have your tradition, and we're sure it's right based on your tradition. But to change a beraita, no, what do you mean a beraita? But there are other opinions out there. In other words, we have a Mishnah. The Mishnah presented it without explaining. We have a beraita which explains the Mishnah, and it was one version against Ula. You don't have a beraita which accords with you? Ula, no, no, no. Uh, he's, no, he's trying to explain Betilel, if anything. And so, Ula, there are other Beraitot, which will accord with your opinion. No, it's instead of saying, I'm so steadfast in my opinion, that's fantastic. Go look for another, another back to my example from before. And I walk into the class, and I tell you the halakha, and he said, but Rabbi, it's against an explicit Gemara. So we said, I have one of, three, uh, uh, suge- one of three options. I have a fourth option. I open up another Gemara. And the other Gemara directly accords with me. So I say, okay, it's a contradiction in Gemarot. This is the Gemara I was going based on, right? In other words, that's what Rav Yosef will say. We understand you're steadfast. You're certain that you have the tradition right. But maybe there are two different traditions. And no, it can't be. No, but we'll find another Beraita, which directly accords with your opinion, with your tradition. Rav Yosef Amar, Tanae shakalta me'alma? Question mark. You took t- 
Tanaim out of the world? In other words, you erased Rabbi Shimon ben El-Azam? You changed him? Did you not realize there are other Tanaim in this world that you could grab and bring into this equation and support yourself? Rabbi, you needed to change the Gemara. You couldn't open the Gemara Pesachim, the Gemara Eluv. You couldn't prove it from elsewhere. We have many. Uh, well, I'm saying like that. something, yeah, effectively, effectively. So Bring says the Gemara Tanaehi. Says Rav Yosef, you should know it's a mahloket tanaim. It's a dispute amongst the rabbis from the time of the Mishnah and Gemara as to the tradition with regards to Beit and Beit Again, the specific issue that's at, uh, that, that's, that we're dealing with is when I'm dealing with a shilamim, which is nedor or nedava. That's the question. Do Betilel permit, if I had a good business year, if I had a dangerous situation I was saved from, and I promise, I vow to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that I'll bring a Shilamim. It's not obligatory on the holiday. It's only obligatory based on my own words. Can I bring that on Yom Tov? That's the question. Ula said, absolutely not, even according to Betilel. Rabbi Shimon ben El-Azhar said, it's permitted according to Betilel. Uh, Ula changed Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar. Says Rav Yosef, you'll find two opinions. The first opinion was Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, but I have another Beraita. What's that? No, no. Ola was Ola is in our Mishnah. Ola, we know if it's not if it's an Ola she'ena shel chova, it's prohibited according to Betilel. Tanaehi de Tanya, you should know the Beraita has the following: Shelamim habayim mehamat yom tov. If it's shilamim, shalmeh simcha, shalmeh hagiga, which are supposed to be brought for Yom Tov. Bet Shammai Omrim, somech alehem me'erev Yom Tov. That's Bet Shammai so far, no surprise. We know that from our Mishnah, it says you can't do simcha on Yom Tov. I filled in, based on this beraita, you do it before Yom Tov. You're bringing the shalmeh simcha, the shalmeh hagiga, your obligatory sacrifices for the holiday. You need to do simcha, says Bet Shammai, before the holiday. Lean yourself on the animal, make your vidui uh, that, what? Who said it needs to be right afterwards? We'll deal with it a little bit later in the Gemara, but that's clear from Bet Shammai. It doesn't need to be so. Vishohatan biyom tov, and then you slaughter on yom tov. Uh, you don't need a, you, you can have a hip sick, if that's the question. You don't need to, you know, not talk all that time. Ubetilel omrim, somech alehem biyom tov, vishohatan biyom tov. Betilel, no news over here. We know this from our Mishnah. Disagree, they say, shalme hagiga, shalme simcha, which are brought on the holiday, can be brought, uh, excuse me, uh, can be brought with simcha and shechita on the holiday. Here's the key words. Aval, however, nedarimu nedavot, we call those optional sacrifices, non-obligatory. Not the shalme hagiga, not the shalme simcha, the shalme neder, shalme nedava, hare alai, hare zo, divre hakol, both bet shamayin, even bet hilel, and kirobim biyom tov, cannot be sacrificed on yom tov. It's a repeat for Ula. Keep it, but keep in mind, put, put yourself back in the classroom situation. I walk into the class and I quote something, or I say something. You say to me, but Rabbi, you, know, you did your research before, and it's against the Gemara and Daf Lamed Bet. 
and I say to you, oh, interesting. How am I going to deal with that? So I'm giving one interpretation against that Gemara. So I have one of several options. What the Gemara is doing is Ula, who's later, not as late as I am to the Gemara, a lot higher authority than me, but what he's doing is, Rav Yosef for him, is pointing to another primary source, another Biraita, to support him. Sounds like repetition, but effectively, it's the first time we're seeing black on white, a reinforcement of Ula's position, of Ula's tradition. How did Ula get to this position? Well, he, he was Doresh Pesukim. He explained this to us. Who, who, was it Ula who, who changed the, the Beraita before? When the Gemara had the changing, we imagine it's Ula. Taritz ve'emahacher, we imagine it's Ula or whoever's, whoever's defending Ula. Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says unnecessary. Now again, at with which authority is he changing it? Not fully clear. What I'm suggesting is there was a tradition of Ula. Ula says, based on my tradition, it has to be the Halakha. You're bringing a Beraita, I don't know another Beraita. It has to be that there's an error in this. With Torah Shbalpeh, we don't have a text in front of us. It has to be an error. Rav Yosef says, instead of fixing that instead of changing that, look for more, add on, find another one. I have another beraita. Called the la Hashem is only with regards to the korban olat reiya. That's the mahlok becha ma'im betilil. He doesn't. He doesn't. But that's okay. He has the second beraita. He doesn't need to. It's a mahlok tanaim, and he goes like one of them. Exactly. That's right. That's that's the way. And says the Gemara further. Says no. You should know. It's not just these two beraitot. Again, the first Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, the original Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, and the second beraita, which was brought by Rav Yosef. These tanaim, these this dispute about whether Beit Hillel permits or prohibits, whether it's mutar or asur, to bring shelamim, which are nidarim or nidavot, on the mo'ed is really another mahluk tanaim, which means to say, and now you can ask a question, Eli, now it's just repetition, but it's repetition for good reason. You should know we're going to bring now a long strand of several opinions, and we're going to explain them afterwards, probably not today, and we're going to pinpoint, you see the dispute over here is really the dispute we've been discussing until now. In other words, effectively what the Gemara is establishing with these next words and this next conversation is this debate, this statement, this halakha has been a long-standing question all the way back. We've had a mahlokin about whether shalmen nidava, shalmen nidah are permitted to be brought on the holiday. And the reason why they're, sorry, the reason why Right, so you might question, and this, this will come in the Gemara and Dafkaf, you might question, Jared's leading into it, you might question, well, what's the issue? Okay, so we know Shechita is, is going to pose Melachot with regards to Netilat Neshama and so forth, but wait a second, but I'm eating from it. Am I not eating from it? You're allowed to. Pasuk in the Torah says you're allowed to, as long as it's for food, you're allowed to do melacha on Yom Tov. We learned it on Daf Yotbet. So the Gemara will tell you, you're ahead of us. The Gemara will tell us on Daf Kaf that the way we understand Shilamim, it's a debate, but the way we understand it is it's Mishulhan Gavoa Kazachu, which means to say effectively this sacrifice is on, so to speak, God's table. He now says to you, oh, would you like a little? So then you eat it. But primarily my vantage point, the lenses through which I say, what am I doing? I'm sacrificing to God. No, no, but you're going to eat from it as well. 
I'll get a little, I'll get the shiraim, I'll get whatever God leaves over for me. But really, it's a sacrifice for God. So the answer in turn is uh, to you, Jared, according to Bet Shammai, and even Bet Hillel, according to Ula, the reason Shilamim, which are Nidava or Nedarf, is because it's not yours, it's God's uh, primarily. Says the Gemara, but you should know, Hanetanae ki Hanetanae. These Tanaim, these rabbis from the Beraita, are uh, aligned with other rabbis from a Beraita. And this Beraita, again, we won't fully explain right now. We'll have to do that tomorrow, but it goes like this. Detanya, as the Beraita teaches. En mevi'in toda behag hamazot mipene hametz sheba. The halakha is something called the korban toda. Torah describes in Vayikra Perek Zayin. Korban Toda was to be brought, it was a very unique korban, with 40 loaves of bread, four types of bread, 10 of each. Three of them were matzot styles, uh, you, like, you, know, going into, you brought your bakery goods with you. And the fourth one was uh, hametz, uh, hametz loaves. Now those last 10 that I'm referring to are obviously hametz. As a result, I'm dealing with a korban toda. Again, it's an animal, but it comes with a lot of bread that's to be divided and, and consumed and enjoyed together. But you're not allowed to bring it obviously on Pesach. Why not? It's hametz. You can't bring it on Shavuot because Shavuot is Yom Tob. Oh, interesting. It means that the korban toda which Rashi points out for us at the top of the page over here. Rashi says, The fourth line, You know, korban toda is always a nedor nedava. There's no such thing as an obligatory korban toda. By definition, it's thankfulness. Toda means to be thankful. Thankfulness takadosh baruchu. You bring it out of your own volition. You bring it based on your own circumstance and situation. So you can't bring it on Pesach because it's hametz. But not only that, you can't bring it on on Shavuot. We refer to Shavuot as aseret because it's Yom Tob. Did everybody hear those words? Already we see something that sounds a lot like Ula. Toda is a korban, which is optional. I'll be eating from it. And nonetheless, you can't bring it on Shavuot because it's Yom Tob. But it also, but it also has nothing to do with Torah. This is true. This is true, but neither does any shilamim of nedarim and nedavot. That's the whole point. Our whole debate is shilamim of nedarim and nedavot. When it comes to sh- Those are mutar even according to Beit Shammai. It's just the simicha that's asur. Right? That's our whole issue over here. Well, by definition, you can't also because it's Yom Tov. But before we talk about Yom Tov, let's explain it's Hametz. You couldn't even think about it. You don't even have a Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar who would permit it. It's another way of saying it. Uh, so that's what, why is Shavuot referred to as, why is Shavuot referred to as Aseret? Ramban Nachmani is commentary to the Torah. Vayikra Perek Gimal says that Aseret is the end of a long, protracted holiday which began on Pesach. Sefirat HaOmer in the interim was like Hola Mo'ed. We refer to Shemini Aseret as the end of Sukkot, and as a result, Aseret is the end of Pesach. It's one long holiday, begins with our freedom on Pesach, ends with our purposeful mission on Shavuot, acceptance of the Torah. Okay, but that's the Halakha Aval. You're allowed to bring the korban toda on Sukkot. Why are you allowed to bring it on Sukkot? Says Rashi, All right, you're allowed to bring it on Cholom Moed. That much we understand. So now back to your question, Mars. Why does it say on Pesach he can't bring it? Because we meant even on Cholom Moed. 
Okay, but we have our first of three opinions here in the Beraita, which directly and seemingly clearly accords with Ula. Who was Ula? Ula was the rabbi who started our day in the Gemara. He told us that even according to Beit Hillel, that Shilamim are permitted to be brought on holiday only if it's Shalmei Chova, if it's Shalmei Hagiga or Shalmei Simcha. If it's Nedarim or Nedavot, I brought it like a Toda out of my own thankfulness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not permitted even according to Beit Hillel. What's the reason? As Eli told us, Mishuhan Gavoa Kazahu, Bishim Onomer, next of the three opinions, Harehu Omer, Behagamasot, Hakashavot, Hagasukot. The Pasuk seems to equate, puts all together in Parashat Re'e, Hagamasot, Pesa, Hagashavot, Hagasukot. As a result, learns Rabbi Shimon, Kol Sheba Behagamasot, Ba Behagashavot, Ba Hagasukot, Vechol Shelo Ba Behagamasot, Eno Ba Behagashavot, Ba Hagasukot. It's not fully clear what he's adding or what he's changing. The Gemara will deal with it. But effectively, what he's telling us is you can only bring a sacrifice on one of the holidays if it could or would be brought on all of the holidays. Well, we know. But why should it be disagreeing with the first opinion? The first opinion told me as well, I can't bring it. The reason is different. The first opinion told me, you can't bring it because it's Hametz on Pesach, it's Yom Toban on, on Shavuot. He seems to be telling us Hola Mo'ed of Sukkot as well. You can't bring the, the Shalmet. We'll deal with this later in the Gemara, but that is, he, he seems to be telling that that would be his addition. A fascinating final opinion, Bil Azab Rabbi Shimon, he says, you can bring your Korban Toda on the Yom Tob of Sukkot, and you can use it to fulfill your obligation of Shalmei Simcha, but not Shalmei Hagiga. We'll return to all these opinions tomorrow. Let me just finish with this for now. Rashi, quoting from the Gemara and Masechet Hagiga, explains the background for us. The background goes like this. When it comes to Shalmei Hagiga, the Torah says you need to bring a sacrifice and slaughter and sacrifice and eat. Ah, okay, that's not your Shalmei Todah. Shalmei Todah is one sacrifice, and Shalmei Hagiga is something else. Over here, when it comes to Shalmei Simcha, the Torah just says, Vesamachta. The Torah just says you have to rejoice. We understand the rejoicefulness is with meat. Does it need to be a specific and particular sacrifice, which is called Shalmei Simcha? The answer is no. Even if I brought my Shalmei, and it has to be potentially, it needs to be a Korban. That's a debate, but ultimately speaking, as long as... Ultimately speaking, as long as it's my Todah, which I committed myself to a long time ago, irrespective of Sukkot, I'm bringing this Todah anyway. I brought it to Mikdash, I slaughtered it, and I said, oh my goodness, I'm bringing the Todah, why don't I let it be used as well as my Shalmei Simcha? Not only is that permitted to do, you can do it to the extent that you can bring it on Yom Tov, says Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon. Not Hagiga, because the Torah explicitly says, and explains to you it needs to be a Korban in such a circumstance to fulfill the mitzvah of Korban Hagiga. When it comes to Korban, Shalmei Simcha, just needs to be a rejoicing, a rejoicing with meat, Bizman Shebet HaMikdash Kayam, a rejoicing with meat, maybe with a sacrifice, you could do that through a Todah. All right, we'll return to these three opinions tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen, amen.